Hello and welcome, friends, to another podcast brought to you by Of Leadership. I am Alex. I'm John. I'm Zach. I'm Jessica. <laughs> and yeah, we do have a guest on um, on this podcast, and we're excited to talk to her about avenues of change, a case study. No, not avenues of broken dreams, one of John's favorite songs, I'm certain. Right, John? It was actually a painting called The Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Oh, it's Boulevard of Broken it is. Dreams. That's what it is. I'm pretty sure Green Day, uh, one of those. I don't know. Do you, even, do you know who Green Day is, Jess? I do, yeah. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> um, so, anywho's, uh, this is episode 91. Uh, you are our guest. Uh, 91 reminds you of what? So, 91 reminds me of famous basketball player Dennis Rodman. Oh, goodness. Number 91 on the Chicago Bulls. Just watched Last Dance. If you haven't watched that, I think it was on Netflix or something. Super good. And fun fact, um, a few weeks ago, I was within three feet of Dennis Rodman at a concert in Miami. So that was really fun. Wow. I was not expecting a Dennis Rodman. I was not. And <laughs> Neither I, was I. I'm as shocked as you. I was expecting a concert in North Korea, but not in Miami. But uh, <laughs> Im- impressive. Den- did he have a different color hair or just normal color? His normal, like, bright yellow. Got, okay, so that's what I wondered what him. color. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Great. Awesome. Um, well, before we jump into Avenues of Change... Uh, let's go ahead and recap last episode. I'll do it real quick. Um, last episode was why is it so difficult to talk about diversity? Uh, major topic within the U.S. Uh, last summer and just continuing uh, is diversity. And we just tease out why it's so difficult to actually just talk about it itself. Um, so just go ahead and give that a listen. And um, just our thoughts on how to get to a point to where you can actually talk about it and also why it's so, so difficult. And without further ado, I believe, John, you would like to introduce our guest. Well, sure. So uh, our podcast uh, for this episode 91, we have Jess Guider with us. Uh, uh, Jess is a graduate of Stowe Monroe Falls High School in 2015, which is where Alex and I both teach. Uh, had a younger sister, JC, graduated from Stowe in 2018. Um, and is a Kent State student there. Uh, Jess uh, studied and graduated from Kent State in managerial marketing um, and with a bachelor's degree of business. That's what she studied there. Uh, first uh, job out of college was a retail sales territory role in Arizona, which is where Jess currently resides. Uh, Jess enjoys hiking, volleyball, traveling, bouldering, which is a new term I was not familiar with, uh, and anything outdoors in my free time, in her free time. So Jess Guider, uh, Jess, welcome to uh, uh, the Of Leadership podcast. Looking forward to having you. And for our listeners, when we have a guest on, we almost always ask them to talk about something they've been thinking about. And Jess said change. And as we did some uh, thinking uh, for the podcast uh, uh, here, we talked about avenues of change. We've done change several times, but Jess has come up with, through observation and life living, a few uh, themes that she has seen with change, both maybe personally and professionally, and then we're going to see some common elements of that. So Jess, maybe start us off tonight, but, uh, but before you do, maybe just talk a little bit about what took you to Arizona, uh, a little bit about that if you could, and then from there... Uh, talk about some themes that you've seen, and then from there we'll we'll be able to have a good conversation about change. So, Jess, you're on. Thanks. 
Yeah, that sounds good. So as I was thinking through leadership, it's one of my goals for the year, one of my development goals. And what makes me a good leader, it kind of brought me back to one of my most challenging things I've done in my life so far, which is move across the country to Arizona. And I did this for a job. Um, Like I said, the first job out of college brought me out here. And I didn't know I was going to be going to Arizona. So basically when I applied, they said, are you willing to go anywhere in the country? They asked me that like a million times. I said, yes, yes, yes. And then they just spit out and said, all right, welcome to your new home of Arizona. I had never been here before. I didn't know anything about Arizona. I didn't know there was cactus, palm trees, basically no water, just the desert out here. So that was a big change. And that's kind of what brought me to my theme of, you know, willing to take risks and having change in your life. And basically through all avenues of my life, it's brought me around change. And what makes me a better leader thinking through that is change forces you to grow. And it is very hard. No one likes change. Actually, my first um, internship role, we talked about project management. And then the subset to that is change management. And people are just very scared of change. So I think if people kind of can channel how they change and what get, makes them anxious about change, then it can make them a stronger leader, a stronger person, be able to grow more. And it's not just personally, but grow in your industry, in your business, grow um, in the gym. So whatever goals you have in the gym, getting more fit. Um, so I have some fitness goals. And then um, personally as well, so just growing, changing, moving new places. Um, Not everyone stays in the same place. And usually when you do, you kind of stay stagnant and you don't learn anything. And when you put yourself out there and force yourself to talk to other people, you learn about their perspectives as well, which helps you grow and develop and learning new things. Um. Sounds great. Um, I have several questions. Um, let's start with this. So as you moved out to Arizona, um, this was a risk and you, that you said that, that was a risk. Is this, is this a normal thing for you to take risk? Was that a normal thing? I was asking myself that the same thing. So it's funny that you asked that um, because there's been some opportunities that have come up and I've kind of had to been coaching myself and saying, you know, you did this first big leap, move across the country, this big risk has changed. And I always say like high risk, high reward. So it's been a great experience in Arizona. I've met a lot of great people, um, went to different restaurants, learned different hiking, national parks, everything out here has been great. So I wouldn't say it's like a natural thing for me to like change and want to change, but it's something I kind of force myself to do because I know it's going to be good results. Um, even if it isn't a good change and I don't like it, I'll still learn and grow from it. So it's definitely something I kind of have to push myself to do, but it's something that I kind of want to live by because I know that it can produce positive results and make me a happier person at the end of the day. Yeah. So this whole portion of you going to Arizona, I, I assume that this isn't, maybe I'm wrong, but like this isn't the first time you experienced some sort of change because you had to have experienced it before in order to take such a big leap. So can you kind of maybe discuss like how you got to that point where you could say, you know what, change is good. Yeah. So I try to get a lot of mentors and a different perspectives from people that I work with, people that I know, peers, people that I trust. And 
a common advice. I was, I'm always like jotting down advice people give me and reading articles. You know, when I was in my twenties, this is what I wish I would have done trying to learn from people everywhere I can. And a common advice was just be comfortable with being uncomfortable and change is very uncomfortable. So if you can be comfortable with that, then you're going to grow and, and really develop well. So I've done this on smaller scales, you know, going to college and moving away from home is a change and changing majors, learning different topics there and, you know, changing your close circle of people and everything. Those have all been uncomfortable, but they've just been, I guess, smaller and not as notable as moving across the country. But there's a lot of different ways where you're uncomfortable and that's, that can be a good thing. Yeah. And so along with the change, because these aren't just physical changes. So I'm hearing you say I moved away from home uh, to go to college and I moved to Arizona, but I'm assuming that the change that you're talking about more is on like a, a mental change too, right? Yeah, definitely physical and mental as well. It's, I think it's a lot of having to do with changing your mindset and that's, what's made it the change easier for me knowing I knew out of college that I wanted to experience a different state and travel and see something new. So I had that mindset and it was a lot easier for me to be like, okay, this is just me following the plan instead of, Oh, like here's me just taking a huge risk. So I think having that mindset there is good. And then even we did a three month training that was in Ohio. So having that mindset, like, okay, I have three months to, you know, kind of see all my family and friends before I go wrap that up. And having that mindset was like, okay, this is my deadline of when I actually have to move and start my new job. And a wrinkle was kind of thrown into that as well, because I didn't think that there was going to be so much after work, socializing and after work, I guess, homework, you would call it from my job in this three month training. So I kind of had this mindset that I was going to be able to hang out with family and friends and kind of help myself pack up and just gather everything together to get ready to move. And there was a lot more with the job. I made a lot of friends in the job that I was not expecting to spend extra time with them and form relationships with them. So kind of cut my time short. So that was a struggle for me because it wasn't part of my original mindset with it. So I think the mindset just kind of helps it, but can't get stuck on that. You have to be agile and flexible with that, or it's just going to make things a lot more complicated. Mm -hmm. And would you say that you've kind of had this mindset for a long period of your life? I mean, do you, did you have this mindset growing up or? I think it was kind of more seeing new things in college when I went to the different job fairs in college and major fairs, pretty much they're telling you about different majors a lot of people were studying abroad and had traveling programs. And I was like, oh, that would be really neat to do. So I kind of was like, okay, I want to do that. I want to see the world while I can and be able to leverage um, Kent State as part of seeing the world and learning new perspectives there. So I kind of added that to my mindset and plan of things that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I was able to accomplish that after my freshman year of college. And that really opened my eyes to a whole new world out there. I was like, I went to a bunch of different new countries and saw different cultures. So it made me, I think, more wanting to travel in the U.S. and see new things. But 
also as like an internal factor with my family, they've always instilled adventure and exploring in me. I always say like when we'd go on vacations and things, every brown sign that we would see, which is usually like a historical marker or just some kind of tourist thing to see, we'd always stop at those brown signs. So I kind of have this like brown, brown sign mentality in me, I guess, um, instilled when I was growing up. And I kind of carried that through college and just seeing more things, maybe want to see even more things. So then I was kind of like, okay, I think I'd be ready and want to have this mindset after school. I went to school close to home. I was like, I'm ready to broaden my wings and, and get out there and see different parts of the United States. Were there people in your life that when they knew that you were going to go to Arizona were resistant? Yeah, definitely. My, my mom for sure. Yeah. But she, she wanted me to obviously and wanted me to succeed and, and go out there and kind of live part of my dream out here. But it was also very tough. You know, she didn't want to see me go. I had good friends. Like it was hard because everything um, in Ohio was good. I, I liked what I was doing and that's why it was really hard to really take that step and change. But forcing myself to do that and getting out of my comfort zone has been awesome. And now I'm at this point where I'm like, oh, should I leave Arizona and do something different? That was kind of my original plan after like two years, but now I'm kind of getting comfortable in Arizona. So this is where I have to like tell myself my own advice and be like, okay, like you've done this before. It's nothing new. And you know, there's going to be resistance. My friends here probably won't want me to move. And I had some new friends move, but you kind of just keep, keep moving and learning and growing. So I don't know yeah. when that stops or if it's just in a different capacity going forward, but working through that. How did you handle that transition? Like with your mom or like with people who were more resistant, like how did you keep that connection still? Because not only is it a change for you, but it's also a change for those people too. So how did you stay connected? What did that look like? That's a good, yeah, that's a good point. I think um, easing them into it was helpful. And sometimes you don't have that luxury to, to ease people into something that's going to change. And I'm pretty good at communication and keeping in touch with people. So I think that um, made my mom feel better. She was helping me move out here, which I know made her um, more comfortable with it just because she would know where I'm at, what I'm doing and feel comfortable with that. So I think it's just trying to give as much comfort as you can to the people around you and try to be positive with the changes and set um, like for example, some of my friends, we set up Sunday calls, like it's a check-in call. So, you know, if the, if I wasn't having a good week, if they weren't having a good week, they knew that every Sunday they were going to talk to me and that kind of kept us connected and in touch because if I was, you know, right down the street from them, maybe we'd be hanging out on the weekends or I'd be seeing them face to face. So just setting up things and really putting in an effort to keep those connections. So kind of jumping off of that, in what ways have you noticed those relationships change with the distance? And especially you've mentioned, you know, being busy with new friends and new relationships here and the distance playing even more of a role than, you know, Kent State would have prior to that. Um, like, what have you seen? What are some of the biggest relational changes maybe you've noticed either in how you've had to overcome the difficulties or maybe in just how former significant relationships have changed? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think it's all kind of about balance. It's a two-way street when you have different relationships with different people. 
And I've gotten better at relationship building just with my job being in sales. That's kind of one of the main um, aspects of it, influencing people to buy your product and sell your product and train on your product and then building relationships with them and kind of making connections with them. And when you have all these connections with these people, now I have connections in Arizona, I have connections with people in Ohio. It's kind of a balance to find the time to make sure you're giving um, enough time to everyone. And you just kind of have to like remind yourself that it is a two-way street in these relationships. And some of the relationship dynamics have changed. I knew I wouldn't stay in constant contact and communication with everyone, but I think I have done a pretty good job or I just live in a, in a great spot because I have had a lot of people (laughs) come out here and visit me. So if I lived in maybe a less ideal and less sunny place, I don't know if that would be the case, (laughs) but, um, I have had a lot of people come out and visit. So I think I'm doing an okay job of, you know, keeping up with them. And one of the ways I do that personally is Um, If something reminds me of someone, and I actually did this with with John the other day too. I was um, at an account and we were just talking about leadership because one of my sales associates was just really big into it. And so I shot John a text and I was like, you know, we were talking about leadership and some of the same books um, that he recommended um, I had read before. And so I think it's just it's not weird or awkward to just reach out to people when something reminds you of them. And it's kind of a way to say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. And, you know, maybe it's not a whole hour long conversation, or maybe they're not flying across the country to come visit me, but it's kind of just a good touch point. Um, I, I Snapchat a lot of my friends as well as a, another touch point. So if I see something that, you know, reminds me of them or just a funny memory, even if it's the most random person, I'm just going to reach out and, a lot of times they appreciate that. And I put myself in their shoes too. If someone were to reach out to me just on a random Tuesday or whatever and be like, oh, hey, this reminded me of you or this picture came up that we took five years ago, I would appreciate it. So I try to do that to other people as well. Yeah, Jess, I pr- appreciate your thinking so far. And, and one of the things you said earlier uh, when you were talking about change you mentioned about coaching yourself and I'm wondering for our listeners, if you could talk a little bit about how you do that, how do you coach yourself? What does that look like? You know, just maybe even be describe the process that you go through uh, in, in coaching yourself, both the situation that might require you to coach yourself and then the, the technique or like how you actually go about doing that. And I think that would be useful. Yeah. So an analogy with this, I guess I'll start off with in my, in my sales role, I've been recently training new hires and new associates on how to do the job, but there's no textbook way to be a salesperson and to manage your own schedule and visit your own accounts. And there's a million different ways you can do things and look at different reporting and everything. So basically what I do when I'm training these new associates, I will tell them my way I do it. And then I'll go over maybe some other ways you could do something. And they'll also work with a different sales mentor and they'll do the same thing. So they'll have different ride-alongs and hear different experiences from different people. And then I tell people, you know, you've heard my way, you've heard this person, this person, this person's way. Now you got to find your way and find what works best for you, how you're going to hit your sales numbers and how you're going to grow your territory and manage your territory. 
So I kind of look at that and it's kind of the model how I coach myself as well. So I have different mentors and people I talk to, different family members who are in different industries, different stages of life, um, even different friends as well. And if I have like an issue come up or a question or, you know, just as we're, we're talking, I'll take and gather their advice and their feedback. And some of their advice might be like way to one spectrum and some of the advice might be way to the other spectrum, but I kind of just take in what everyone has to say and use it to how I want to guide my life and kind of find a medium and a balance of what's going to work for me. So just like I do in the training, you know, find what way you're going to be most successful in the role. I take other people's advice, knowledge, articles, books, anything I read and kind of cater it to what I want, my goals and what's going to be best fit for me. So it sounds like you have a really good grasp of relationships, of some leadership concepts too, of like how to mentor people and also seeking out mentorships. Um, and in systems theory, one of the things that we also talk about is just um, amidst the relationships, when you lose those or when they change, there's a lot of anxiety. So I, I, did you notice that leaving? I, obviously, you had some anxiety about making the decision, but did you notice anywhere where it cropped up after having moved or landing in Arizona or um, things that stressed you out that you wouldn't have imagined? Or has it been relatively a smooth ride? Um, it's been smoother than I thought, but definitely not a smooth ride. And meeting people at first was a challenge, just going on like different apps to meet people. Like there's an app called Meetup. So you meet friends and we go play like sand volleyball and just people that um, I wouldn't normally hang out with just different viewpoints, different perspectives, different stages of life, but just having something to do and, and be social. So that there's definitely a lot of anxiety around that. And would I rather just, you know, maybe stay in my apartment and not go meet a bunch of people, make a bunch of friends. Yeah. I could have easily done that. And that would have been a lot easier, but I had to go, you know, I went to the pool by myself. I went to the volleyball course by myself. I didn't know anyone here. Um, I had never really eaten dinner or lunch or anything by myself, but I'd go do that <laughs> by myself, which is a weird thing to I've do. I've been there. Yeah. And I used to be a hostess as well. And the ho you know, the hostess is always like, Oh, when's your party getting here? Um, how many people in your party? And it's always like, Oh, Nope, just me, like table for one. And at first I had so much like anxiety going into restaurants and doing that. And now I'm just like table for one. Like it's, I'm so much more confident doing it. I eat alone all the time. Um, just when I'm out and about traveling as well. So I've definitely adulted, which was hard and met new people, but there's a lot of anxiety around putting yourself out there. And some of my other friends who have made these moves to different places I've kind of told them my story and share that just because it isn't always easy. And there's also like the anxiety around losing your old relationships and, you know, your old friends or how the dynamic's going to change. And you just have to tell yourself too, that the only constant is change. So things are going to change and maybe it's for the better, maybe it's for the worse, but um, there is always going to be anxiety around that and just how things are going to be different. Um, but I've realized that the relationships that I've nurtured the most and that I put the most time and effort into because I feel that's reciprocated and I feel that it's most valuable to me and enhances my life the most 
those relationships have stayed pretty similar, um, haven't changed too much um, for me to be anxious about, which makes me happy. Like so, when I see some of my friends going back home, it's like nothing's ever changed. And, you know, it's always been the same, but there is some people where it is different. And that's something that, you know, could be hard and could make you anxious. And that's just, that's just life. And that's sometimes just how it is. Um, Cause you can't really avoid these different things changing. And I know there's going to be different aspects and avenues as I keep going, you know, people are going to have start having families or, you know, a lot of people are already getting engaged that are my age and that's going to create another whole change and putting different people in different aspects of life and everything. So just, just going about change the best you can and knowing that it is evident it's going to happen. Um, but some of those relationships will main, r- remain solid and, and there for you. So are you like afraid of being stagnant then? It seems like you're very pro change. Like you, you seek it out. Um, it excites you. You're really good at maintaining relationships, which is often, I think a lot of people's biggest fears about change is, you know, the fear of like, what, what could I lose? And, um, you haven't really lost that much. So do you, do you worry about, um, maybe becoming too comfortable in your job or not, not having enough change in your life as you've developed routines like going to the gym and bouldering and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Dennis Rodman concerts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, there's no like super like set schedule in my life, which is um, good and bad. It drives me crazy. Sometimes other days I love it because, you know, I can boulder at, weird hours or different times from like the nine to five schedule. But, um, that's kind of something that I've been struggling with recently is just, is it okay to stay stagnant and what can you learn and grow from, you know, staying in an area that's comfortable? Cause I definitely think you can do that. I just have this mindset that it's bad and I don't think it's necessarily bad, but I guess that'd be something, um, to hear your guys' perspective too. If, if staying stagnant for a little bit is a good thing. And in a career wise, I recently brought this question up with um, people who work in HR, just because, you know, I'm kind of ready to take the next step in a career move. um, But maybe I'm not ready to move States or change locations and things like that. So, you know, is it okay that I'm not ready to take that next move yet? And what does that look like with my career path, my future, um, with my personal goals in bouldering, you can boulder <laughs> in Ohio, but it's a lot harder to do it outside. There's not as many rocks. Um, so things like that, just how can you grow in different aspects and when are you ready for that next move? That's something I've been working on as we speak. So so just to segue into that before we discuss mm-hmm. uh, whether stirring the pot instinctively is good or bad. Is that something you find yourself doing? Do you, do you find yourself, um, in times of, um, anxiety or stress or problem solving, treating things as something where I need to change this variable. There's something that either needs corrected or added or made new or different so that I can solve this. Is that kind of how you approach things with changes? You, um, kind of have the, that fear or do you adapt in a different way? 
I think reflecting on it is kind of the best way to look at it. Cause sometimes you don't even know that something is challenging you or causing you all these problems. And sometimes when you just take a minute to reflect and say, Oh, this is, you know, if you can pinpoint down what's ex- exactly causing you the anxiety, that would be the, the, the best way to kind of capture that and change what you're doing. Sometimes I can notice when um, I'm extra stressed that week or something and, you know, I've done yoga and meditation to try to help with that. But sometimes you do just need to find a new way to do something. And it's almost like, um, if I'm not trying to learn something new, or I feel like sometimes I'm just trying to be overproductive that I just need to, um, you know, just stay where I am and, you know, not worry about being guilty of changing something. Cause sometimes it doesn't need to be changed. You know, you, there's another saying out there, you don't want to change what's not broken. So it's kind of just, uh, figuring out using your circle of people to, you know, help guide you using your guiding principles to help guide you and just doing that self-reflection to figure out, you know, is this something I really need to change? Um, or is this something that, you know, maybe it's just a, a tweak or something that, you know, you just need to like, calm yourself down about. So that is a good, a good question and something you just have to take on a case by case basis. I feel like you answered your own question (laughs) Um, because I was going to ask you about what your guiding principles are. And that's what seems to me that your response was if you're looking to change things to fix things. I, I do much of the same. I'm guessing a lot of people probably end up doing that, right? What's going on? Why am I feeling this way? Let me change something around. Um, and you can kind of get in a, in a funk in a weird loop where you keep changing things, but nothing's really changing. And it just feels like you're just doing things right. Um, yeah, as you, as you explained, um, answering Zach's question is like, reflecting back and going back to your guiding principles and identifying what those are then to make your next move or whether you need to make one or not. Yeah. And that's something I've been throwing around in my head as well, because I feel like those might be, might change a little bit too, as, as I'm going on. And, you know, I had this kind of goals for myself that I wanted to achieve. And now that I'm learning new things, like I just, you know, I don't know everything. I don't know what I don't know. So going forward, it's like, what do I really want my guiding principles to be? It's got to be something that, um, kind of changes as I change and and maybe that is one of them. So I haven't nailed down exactly what those are, but it's been something that, um, you know, I, am a very goal oriented person. So, um, I keep like a list of goals and as life changes and, um, and I learn more things. Sometimes those goals change. So um, I'm trying to think through this out loud, but I'm thinking one of my guiding principles is just to, you know, stay goal orientated and mm-hmm. just keep those, those fresh basically, and just make sure I'm reflecting on those as, as life goes forward. Mm-hmm. Jess, I'm wondering if you can think of, and, and maybe nothing comes to mind right away, but can you think of an example of a goal you've had, uh, personally or professionally that's changed that you had a goal at one time for this and for whatever reason you've, you've changed that. Any, any examples or an example of that? <laughs> yeah, I can remember. I don't know why I always go back to this in my head, but 
um, you guys know Jane Ann. One time we um, we were walking down the high school hallways of Stowe High, and we were both talking about how oh we're, we're going to be business majors, and oh we want to be um, CFOs, CEOs, COOs, some some high rank in a company. That was like our goal because it's like you know the highest thing you can be in a company, and we just wanted to you know be the best and do the best. And going through college and then just seeing what the corporate world is like, I don't think I would ever want to be a CEO, um, you know, maybe in the future, who knows that could change. But as of right now, that's not one of my goals anymore for a few different reasons. Um, some people that I met um, working in my corporate jobs said that there's a point where, you know, your whole life becomes your job. And that's like kind of your hobby is your job. And I don't think I'm one of those people necessarily, at least at this point, like I like to, you know, have different hobbies, um, like bouldering and, um, volleyball and rock climbing and hiking and things like that. And don't want my job to be a hundred percent consuming of that. And I know some CEOs are, um, love that and just want that to be, um, who they are. And that's awesome. So at that point I was like, um, I don't know if that's me. And there's a certain point where you're gaining responsibility in your job and increasing in salary. And then there's a certain point where you have too much stress and responsibility in your job that it's not worth whatever salary that might be. So that's kind of like advice I've heard from other people. And I always kind of take that in and, and digest it and, and see how that applies to my life. But so that's a goal that has definitely been changed and reflected. And I want to, you know, have a good balance of life, not all work, not all fun, you know, have a family in there some down, somewhere down the line. And um, I've realized being out in Arizona, there's other things that can make you happy, like being close to family could, could make you happy, um, being in new cities. And I always say like being a tourist in your own city. So even if you've lived in the same place, your whole life, there's different things you can see and do. So sometimes being, um, staying in a place and being in a place can be really fun and be really different. And you can learn from that. So those goals have changed because, you know, now I want to experience new places and learn different things. And one of the things, when I say being a tourist in your own city, I've, you know, one of my hobbies is hiking. So I have an all trails app when I go out to, or when I went out to Arizona, cause I didn't know any of the hiking trails. And then I pulled that out when I went back home to visit Ohio and there was trails within 10 minutes of my house that I'd never even heard of, never even knew about before. And that's cause I just decided to, to be a tourist in my own city and actually kind of dive into that and learn that. So I realized there's more important things to me in my life now than being the CEO. It's more about exploring and being happy and there's different ways you can have um happiness and satis be satisfied with your life and i look at all these people with different career paths and some people have been expats and gone across the country and led projects and i think that's really neat and that's really cool and other people have stayed in one place their whole life and have hosted people from different countries or just have done different experiences so i think there's a lot of different things in life to experience and enjoy and at first I thought, you know, the only thing was like climbing the corporate ladder, but now I realize there's a lot more to life than just 
you know, being at the top, you want to experience the steps along the way and really enjoy every little thing about the people and places that you are and really be present in the moment while you're doing that. So to finish it off, you, you've talked a lot about being goal oriented and, you know, it's about the steps along the way. Um, so what have you accomplished that you're really proud of, whether, you know, it's, you know, this is your free, free reign to brag, but like, like what, what have you done that, that you, you feel like you're really proud of, or that you feel like you've worked really, really hard to accomplish, even if it's something small, you know, like, like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So I think for me, um, I always like get told that I don't have a lot of, a lot of hobbies or anything like that. And I think back and think, why, why don't I have a lot of different hobbies or a hobby that I like a ton? And I think that's because I'm always trying new things. So I think one of the things that I'm very proud of, maybe this is not like the most, the best accomplishment, but just kind of something I'm proud about how I love my life is to always like try new hobby. So currently that's bouldering. I know you guys were talking that you didn't know a ton about um, <laughs> bouldering and rock climbing, which is basically just rock climbing without ropes. Um, but one of the things I'm really loving and enjoying about that is when you're on the wall climbing, you have to really be present and you can't really think about your next move or the move previous. You have to think about where you are, where you are on the wall at that moment, where your feet are, where your hands are positioned and I think it's a really good way to lead life. So I've been trying to be more present in everything that I'm doing. And it's kind of teaching me through bouldering and through rock climbing that you can try to be as present as you can. And so that's one of my um, new life goals now, I guess I would say <laughs> that I'm, I'm working towards. And I don't necessarily believe in New Year's resolutions because you always kind of forget them, which I always did. But it's kind of just like something that I've been focusing towards and, um, I'm proud of myself for, for trying to stay present and for, um, trying new things that are bringing joy and, and happiness to me. So. Yeah, I like that, uh, Jess, that thought of, um, being present. I made a note here about a five-year plan versus a daily plan. And you mentioned that you're goal oriented and you have some professional goals and, and perhaps personal and relationship goals, but, uh, I think it's a good reminder of what you shared of being present where we are and knowing, okay, this is my next move. And so when I think about being stagnant, like I'm in the same position, uh, I think one of the ways to deal with that is to think about this is where I'm currently planted. And so what would it look like for me to be very present in this particular place at this particular time? And it's a challenge uh, for me and it's a challenge for all of us to, to be reminded of that. And I think it's really, really helpful. Yes, most definitely. I agree. So anything else? Uh, anything uh, that, that we really just want to get out there? Anything you want to get out there, Jessica? Like, what, what do we got going on? Anything else? No, I think I've kind of talked through a lot of things that I'm still thinking about. So I'll keep, <laughs> keep thinking and I'll keep, keep living and keep on going. So Yeah. Yeah. I would encourage you to, I mean, I think... All of us would say that we're encouraged by what you said, and um, and I would encourage you to continue to identify those guiding principles and figure out what they are. I think it's funny because hearing from you, like I feel like I could probably say what they are, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's not for me to say. 
um, because you're not asking me mm-hmm. and you're not asking for my advice. And I, and I truly think there is something about you identifying those for yourself. And so um, I'm encouraged by you and excited for wherever you're going to go. So thanks for coming on. Thank it's you. good yeah, to see you. Yeah, maybe it'll have to be a follow-up with you, see if I, I nailed it or, or not. I'd be curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll look at the downloads. They, yeah, we'll be... check the data, see how many, uh, how many uh, different countries listened in, hopefully some Japanese, maybe some Indians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chinese, some Canadians. <laughs> we, we, we get them all over. Yeah, everywhere. Madagascar, yeah. I think, was just the most think, recent one. Uh-huh, yeah. Where, Someone where are you finding lost an iPod find and you? washed up yeah. on shore, maybe. Yeah, or they're using a VPN. I always like to think that they're just mm-hmm. using a VPN. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Illegal crime activity. Yeah. You know, those people who are involved in that just really like our podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Interesting. So with that, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. If you would like to get a hold of us, go to ofleadership at gmail.com. Um, you could also just go to our website, ofleadership.com. Uh, shout out to Jettler, who made our sick beats in the beginning and at the end. Um, special thanks to Jess Guider for coming on uh, this podcast. Thank you. Thanks and for having me. It was awesome. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on. Um, without further ado, I'm Alex. I'm the worm. Um, that was a Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. It took me a while to catch up. Yeah, you know, Dennis Rodman uh, uh-huh. nickname. Uh-huh. Jess, did you know Dennis Rodman's nickname, The Worm, or not? I did not. I learned something new today. There you go. Do we know why it was The Worm? I don't know. Wormed his way in for rebounds, you know. He was the guy that would always grab and hold and pinch and punch yeah. and then mm-hmm. put his hands up and be like, what, me? What are you picking uh-huh. on me for? Mm-hmm. Remind me of that kid on the playground that mm-hmm. kind of did that. That guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can't grow up if you play professional sports. That's right. <laughs> and I'm Zach. And I'm Jess. And we will catch you on the next episode. See you around. Adios. See you later.